Warning, this podcast is produced by Metaverse Ventures Entertainment. It contains unsolicited and heavily biased opinions which are solely for views of the individuals involved. It does not include investment advice of any kind and you are responsible for undertaking your own financial, including tax liability research relevant to your own individual circumstances. Alrighty, thank you for listening to or watching the Upland Down Under podcast. Tonight's show is recording live on Wednesday the 23rd of August at 7.30pm AEST. And no Mars, Utah. I didn't make that time zone up, mate. That's Australian Eastern 10 Standard Time. Sorry, PT can KMA. On tonight's show, I'll catch up on some crypto and upland market news and then dive into some general upland news, including the Tokyo Shibuya collection reveal, of course, neighborhood ratings update, Dirk's latest podcast appearance, and some engaging updates to upland racing. That'll segue into tonight's main topic, which is the building hype around the imminent release of the first batch of the Stock Car Pro Series cars. Vroom, vroom. Or is that a giant distraction from some other potentially protem totemish hints being dropped on Twitter? The mind boggles and the Upex balances quiver, I guess you could say. Uh, I've also got a few Web3 and Meta- Meet Suitiverse news updates to cover, a quips on FIFA Legits and another on covert FSA releases. And of course, I'll be outlining a new weekly contest challenge for the NBA server. All that and more on this, the Upland down under podcast now if you are wondering how you can take part in the live recordings of this very podcast to jump on in with your own biased opinions or just lurk about to have a shot um, with any of the live participants at some giveaways and prizes well you have to be in the mva server the link to which is of course down there in the description i drop the link to the to the zoom every week about 15 minutes prior to recording just like the old UDU podcast schedule only the timing is different of course um now, if you've got no idea how 7.30 p.m. AST on a Wednesday night relates to your own time zone, well, then you're going to have to do yourself some homework. Um, I use and recommend the Dateful Time Zone Converter. The link to that will also be in the description. So make sure you go and check that one out. Um, as I always do, let's have a look at some Breaking Badly news and take a look at what's happening currently in the crypto and upland markets. Now, there was a lot of blood last week. I was expecting more this week, but it's actually, well, I say last week, but it was only, when was that? Friday night. So it's not a full week yet, of course. I can't get Zoom out of the road. There we go. So, yes, not a full week, but um, a lot of sideways chop this week. So, you know, it was what's the global market cap flirting with that $1 trillion again? Um, 0.3% drop, still above $1 trillion, of course, one057 Bitcoin dominance is still pretty steady. Like I said, with the coins, it's a lot of choppage action. When I looked at the Bitcoin chart, it was just chop, chop, chop sideways. So not a whole lot happening there. I guess it's which way you're betting. Are we going green? Are we going red? Almost 2% down for the Bitcoin. Ethereum's a bit over 2.5, so 2.8. Wax is pretty flat. Engine, not much happening there. Ripple, funnily enough, has had a tiny little boost up 2.1% based on all of the news going on with that currently. Solana's down 6.3%, flirting back with that $20 mark. Um, EOS is flat at $0.58. Polygon down 5% to $0.55. Cardano flat at $0.26. Tron's not moving much. Flow's not moving much. Avalanche is down a smidge as well, 6.2% down to just over $10. Shiba's is not doing much, and neither is Gala. So, yeah, not much happening there. Feed and greed in- index, I patched that in this week. It's always interesting to keep a look on that. 34, and we're in the orange 
just kind of dipped over in the orange with a little bit of fear. So as we said, we'll wait and see on that one. 90-day averages for Upland. As I mentioned last week, it's going to take a while for all of the new Tokyo City stuff to filter through to this and have any impact because it is the 90 days, which, you know, takes a while to average out. So still slip sliding away, down 4.9% on the trading volume. Now, kind of, we're going to, if it doesn't turn around soon, we're going to be flirting with under 2,000 at some stage. And the transaction volume, just over 34.7 million. So that one's going to be a weird one too. I expect that'll jump heftily based on some of the numbers that were being thrown around with um, how much money was being spent in Tokyo. One person, I believe, somebody said they were back from the dead and spent 30-something million. So I have to wait and see on that one. It'll be interesting to watch that. Probably um, as part of that bump, we can see in the unique active wallets uh, in the seven days, what's, as I said, it's not seven days, but... This, this definitely has the Tokyo kind of factor figured into it. Um, on Friday last week, we were 55,420 unique active wallets and we're up to just under 60,000. So 6.6% boost on the unique active wallets there. Um, totally unminted properties. I've got that marked in yellow because, again, that will probably take a while to sort itself out. But even after the... Um, even after the Tokyo City release, it looks like we've still got, you know, we've gone plus 1,991 properties out and about there. So we'll have to wait and see. Percentage of properties minted, of course, hasn't fluctuated much, still on 92%. City markets, um, some of these have had pretty big turnarounds, actually. Um, I guess I guess uh, probably things like stock cars and protoms, totems hasn't started figuring to the floors just yet. Although, what have we got here? San Francisco is up on both the UPX and USD, just under $8 and just over 18,000 UPEX. Manhattan is flat on the UPX, just under 60,000, and it's had a 12% drop on the USD. was $28 last week, down to $25 this week, just under. Flat in Chicago, pretty flat in LA. Bronx has had a bit of a drop in the UPX, but a boost on the USD. Rio, oh, look at that. Rio was 4,489 UPEX last week, up to 5,000 this week. Now, it is marked as red, so perhaps I missed one of those uh, locked properties or janked out properties last week. So take that with a grain of salt. But currently, I know that number's right because I double-checked it. Uh, 5,000 is the lowest as of recording. Can't go lower than $3, of course, so that's flat on zero. Uh, what else have we got? Santa Clara up 15.8%, was just under 24,000 last week. Now we're up to 28,500. Not much happening in Brooklyn, not much happening in Detroit. Dallas has had a bit of a boost on the UPX, was 11,420 last week, up to 12,000. And Rutherford's taken a, almost a 10% hit on the UPX price, was 29,499 last week. Why is that like that? Oh, yeah, and down to 26880 this week and flat at 1299 on the USD. Um, London also flat on the USD at $16, but it has a had a almost 5% boost on the UPX, was 31500 last week, up to 33111 this week. Now, of course, Tokyo, we had the UPX price for the floor last week, but we didn't have the USD floor. That come out the gate at about $7. I flipped a few around the 7, 725, 750 range, something like that. Um, it has since been gobbled up to $8.48. So we'll get the um, 
get the percentage boost on that next week, of course. And the UPX floor has gone up 16.2% to 18,500. Surprise, that hasn't gone up further, to be honest, with um, we do know the collection bill. Collection reveal is imminent, so to wait and see. Now, Mark Dallas as green there because currently within the, the cities that I kind of cover here, that's kind of your best bang for your buck, or in this case, it's your best buck for your UPX bang. Um, you can buy for 11420 and selling for just under 7000 which that's pretty good. Um, of course, there are there are better percentages if you look where where the floor is three dollars. Uh, what's a good example? Brooklyn buy for five thousand nine hundred, sell for three, but they don't tend to move much. I might um, I'm going to do a few UPX buys to flip for USD myself tonight. I might grab a couple of Dallases just to try those out. Um, as I said, I did flip a few in Tokyo and they moved pretty quickly, but I'm still finding personally that San Francisco nothing moves as fast as San Francisco and probably LA as well. Although you know, the spread between the two prices there is kind of getting to the point where you, you think, do I really want to go there? So I'll have to wait and see. Now, I do have a bazillion tabs open tonight, so bear with me. We might um, take a while to reload and whatnot. Um, let's see if this next one will do. Ah, oh, yeah, so this was just an ad for the podcast. Yeah, as I said, we're recorded live Wednesday nights from 7.30 p.m. AEST. Link to the Zoom drops 15 minutes prior in the Discord server. Make sure you check out how that works in with your schedule, as I said. Now, let me X out of these a bit. Save me computer attach. And let's go back here and see where we're at. So, yes, what's happening in Upland? Well, I think I'm still sharing there. Oh, and Lily's jumped in. Hey, Lil, I'm just rambling away to myself. <laughs> That's when you're at your best. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yes, we do have the Tokyo Shibuya collection reels to come this week. Now, I noticed in Apex Land when I was playing around before, they have got all of the data listed as Tokyo. We do know that there's going to be other cities within the Tokyo city to come to be released. So I don't know, they're going to might have to relabel all of those. Otherwise, it's going to get hella confusing. I have to wait and see. So let me just go back to that main announcement. Let's see if it'll play nice. So, yes, Tokyo, we had the release, of course. Um, I do believe it said when the collection reveal is going to drop. Tokyo Guy collection reveal, Thursday, August 24th at 9 a.m. PT, which is Friday, 2 a.m. my time, I believe. Um, I was going to get up for this because I do have a balance there and I did want to, you know, play around, gobble a few more up as part of trying to boost my dividends. However, there's not much available. So, and with with them saying that there's probably only going to be five collections, something like that, I think probably whatever's been bought has probably been bought. Um, I'm definitely not going to ruin my sleep on a work night to try and find out. So I'll get up whenever I get up and have a, a bit of a looky around. But yeah, just as lots of people, like lots of people put videos out there, tips for collection reveals, make sure if you do have if you do have properties in Shibuya, Tokyo that are currently listed for sale and you wouldn't be really happy to sell them at the price you've got listed if it happened to be at an ultra rare, well, you might want to consider taking those down or, you know, at least boosting your 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 um, price up to something that you'd, you wouldn't lose sweat over because that's – that. I don't think it's ever happened to me, but I can't imagine me much fun to wake up and realise you flipped a an ultra rare property for, you know, 1.5x or something so 
might be something to watch out for. So let me X out of there. Um, what else have we got up next? Oh, neighborhood ratings. Now, this was an interesting one. Let me pull this up because I want to dive into this a bit. Now, I think last week when we touched on this neighborhood ratings, I believe Mid-10 Terrace was in the number five spot and Red Hook was in the number six spot. Mid-10 Terrace has taken a whopping jump straight to the number two spot um, and isn't it's really, it's not that far behind Hell's Kitchen. So how the hell is that possible? Well, through the week, I had two more MetaVentures approved and open. That was a FIFA legit store and an NFLPA legit store. So I've had to... I've had to force myself to, you know, get up to speed with those markets. I've got all of those listed now. And, yeah, it just goes to show what a massive difference um, having those MetaVentures in your node or your neighbourhood project, whatever it is, what it makes. Um, I guess that goes a long way to explaining how some of the other ones who have already um, secured their neighbourhood collection spawnings have been able to do so um, because, yeah, this. There's not many places that are as built out as Mid-10 Terrace or as close to it, yet we were always fairly behind in the stats. And, yeah, to jump that many places in one hit based on just two meta-ventures, that's where your real um, advantages lie, I think. So if you are a node project out there and you want to get yourself boosted up there, make sure you apply for them. I kind of should have done that ages ago, I suppose. Always just held out because those kind of markets weren't of full interest to me, but... I started playing around. Why not? It seems like the whole process opened up a bit more. So we'll see how we go. I still think Hell's Kitchen has got August in the bag. What do we got? Seven, eight days, something like that left. I don't think they'd be able to knock be able to be knocked off that spot. Mid Ten Terrace currently number two. I expect uh, Monero will have a a huge push next month. Uh, Monero is a very well co coordinated big team. A lot of people over there. A lot of things going on so i expect that number to boost significantly not sure if we're going to have a play <coughs> part of me at midtown terrace or not yet um don't know we'll see how we go maybe if it if it's not um september it might be october and that's my birthday so that'll work out well I have to wait and see what have we done we've done collection reveal we're not neighborhood ratings ah dirk Old mate Dirk, he's out and about all over the place. So I haven't had a chance to catch up on this myself, actually. It's only just kind of jumped on my radar. So this will be on my list for the Doing the Dishes podcast tomorrow night. So Dirk, co-founder of Upland, of course, has appeared on the Crypto News podcast talking about the state of the Metaverse, Super Apps, and Web3 games. Um, you can watch it on YouTube, of course. I would imagine it's available on Spotify. That's where I'll be looking to get it. But as I said, I haven't checked it out. So what do they talk about? Of course, in this conversation, it says they discuss in-game currencies and economies, upland cafes, expanding to new cities, super apps, Web3 gaming, navigating the metaverse, importance of the community, uplands, partnerships with FIFA, Women's World Cup. More on that later. State of the metaverse and why the future will and must, must be open. I don't know if you're still there. Lily, did you did you get a chance to watch this or have you heard any buzz about this? Any clangers dropped in it you're aware of? I haven't heard of it. I come to you guys for news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Until no. you or Goldie breaks it, I haven't seen it. Well, I'd be surprised if Goldie didn't because this has – when did this drop? 
It dropped to yeah, yesterday. So I'd be surprised if somebody hasn't devoured it. Goldie's usually pretty good at doing that. So I'll have to um, catch up on his podcast too. So oh, we're more interested in the photos that were dropped on Twitter. So ah, yes, I've got those photos. Cool. All right. Well, I'll um I'll put this in my wash and dishes bank, and I guess I'll report back later. Have to wait. I'll see. catch catch the news on what happened in it next week. That'd <laughs> be, be old news by then. Yes. Yeah, so the other the other kind of major news that came through for Upland through the week was, of course, there was an update to racing. Um, let me bring that up because that's a pretty cool picture there. So, yeah, racing update, lane switching and boost and braking. So, yes, this is something myself and a large section of the community have been wanting more kind of, you know, gamification of the game, the racing game. Um, so, yeah, there are racing racing controls. You can switch lanes, which is good. You can play around with cornering, you know, with apexes, hitting apexes. There's brakes, there's boost. It is far more... Um, Far more entertaining rather than just sitting there watching the RNG carry on. I had a play around with it myself on web. It worked really good, even on my old janky laptop, although it did take quite a while for it to load. Um, I tried on mobile and I couldn't get it to load. And then I realized, oh, duh, there's an update you got to do. So I updated. I haven't actually gone back through to play it on mobile, but I assume it's pretty straightforward. Um, I'd just be interested to see how I've only got a little iPhone. I wonder how big those buttons are. Probably wouldn't be too bad, I would imagine. It's not like um, although some of those tracks are pretty chaotic, so I think this is going to add a really unique element. I think where some of those more complex tracks, you would assume that you, if you want to hit your apexes, you want to be on the outside lead coming up to a corner, and you want to you know make sure you're always on that kind of side as you go as you corner. But um, some of the switchovers between the right-hand corner and the left-hand corner, they come up pretty fast. So I played around with just some of the more wide-open tracks. So I think this is really going to play into the hands of people that have the time to practice, basically. Like um, we do know the URL has a series running now. I'm sure that Dak and Mass and the crew, there'll be some fiends getting into lots of practice activation. So... Yeah, the more you can practice there, probably I would assume it would work to your advantage. I, as I said, I played around with it with that one track. I forget where it was. It was kind of just a big, um, big rectangle almost, just to play around with it a bit. And I got to one point where I was trying to see how aggressive I could lane change, and I thought I did a, a one eighty and was going the wrong way at some stage, but apparently I wasn't. I kind of freaked myself out there for a minute. So anyway. It was a bit of fun to shake the dust off the old S1R. So, yeah, I'll definitely need to get around to playing with that on mobile and see how it goes there. So that's about all of the generally upland news that I'm aware of. Anything else on your radar, Lily, apart from the um, the Twitterish stuff? Um, no, I have heard there's been quite a few uh, factory meta ventures opened this week. Mm. So obviously they're not producing anything yet, but you know the fact that they're online is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, get some more people out there manufacturing. Lots more to come on, and there is a um, a very interesting factory that's just popped up that we've that I'll touch on in a second here. That kind of raised my eyebrows a bit. So yeah, it's main topic tonight was I just wanted to touch on the um, 
you know, the, all the stuff that's going on with the Stock Car Pro Series, like uh, what have I got up first? So X1, I believe, he put out he put out this video, this little short. Let me just bring it up. So uh, is that going to play? That'll play. I don't think you'll be able to hear it. But, yeah, I'm sure you saw this if you're engaged. Yeah, I saw this one. Yeah, so he's saying how stock stock cars are being produced as we speak, yada, yada, yada. You know, I kind of – we discussed this in the lead-up to Tokyo that we knew stock cars were going to be around the corner, totem protems around the corner. There's all this stuff coming. What's going to be next? Throw a dart at the wall. Who really knows? So, yeah, it goes back to the, uh, the original introducing Stock Car Pro Series announcement that came through. I haven't really seen any other major details come through apart from this original article and, of course, that teaser that just went out. Um, what have we got? Collection reveal this week. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Although, no, actually, put a pin in that. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised to see Stock Cars released uh, early September, but... There's some factors at play that might that might um, negate that. Let me just see if I can work my way towards that. So, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-racing car driver. That's where the number 68 comes from. So I was interested a little bit in this. You know, there's some extra um, Formula One IndyCar drivers in this. So what's it all about? So I jumped over to the actual official website, stockcarproseries.com.br. And I thought, you know, I wonder, I wonder if there's any news about Upland in here. So there is a news... There is a news tab here that you can click on and, you know, it comes up with some news. And I thought just for, oh, I wonder what happens if I type Upland in there and we click on the little search bar and da 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 nothing. Hmm. Oh. Okay. So there's nothing on the official website. There is an NFT section here too. So I thought, oh, well, what do you know? NFTs. All right. While that's loading, I'll get rid of that and we'll go to this. So a bit more information about what the Stock Car Series is. It started, um, this series started at 31st of March and what are we at now? We're August, so we're about halfway through the season um, and the season finishes December, the weekend, December 15th, 17th. So, yeah, we're halfway through the season and... I did as much clickety-clicking as I could, you know, uh, Stock Car Brazil, Upland. I tried every combination under the sun. I couldn't find any official kind of announcement, news article from um, the Stock Car company themselves or whatever you want to call them. Um, it may be a language thing, perhaps if you search in Portuguese, um, if there's any Portuguese listeners out there, if you've come across something that would love to see it, love to hear it, Um this NFT section that's there, it's just some other completely different Hall of Fame NFTs. They're like old school stock cars. Yeah, it's a little Probably bit strange. Equivalent, equivalent of us looking for Brocky. Yeah, I think so. Exactly for that old school stuff, yep. But it just seems strange to me that there's nothing whatsoever on that official website. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping this isn't going to be another one of those um, one-sided partnerships. We've seen this with the the NFLPA. Um, it was kind of, I don't know. They, we did have the some of those NFL players at that Genesis Week uh, 2022, so that was cool, but I don't really remember seeing much else official come from that. 
Um, same with FIFA World Cup. Don't really see much official coming from that. Although it's interesting to note um, some of the stuff that's going on with uh, the ladies' meta soccer, which there's a quips coming up that I'll talk about that in a second. So, yeah, hoping that this isn't just some one-sided thing where Uplands just signed the basically the contract to be able to use their IP and that sort of stuff. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But, yeah, would love to see some, new, some news articles or some kind of cross-promotion Always gets you scratching your head when you can't find anything, anything at all. So we'll have to wait and see. So, yes, as I alluded to a bit earlier, is the whole stock car pro thing, is that just a, um, a ruse? Is it uh, have a look at this hand while the other hand's getting ready for something big? So the next most obvious thing, of course, would be totem protem. Um, that's the only thing, other thing I can think of. Is there anything else major? That you would, that's on your radar, Lily. Something out of the left field. Another no, part? but you know they've been pretty good at surprising us with things that we didn't know were coming. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's always that thing that nobody knows anything about that's up their sleeve. Yes, we'll have to wait and see on that one. So, oh, there's a shout out to do there too. Let me bring that up because that's pretty cool. Where are you? Congratulations, Miss Cedar, on becoming a father. Well done, mate. And congratulations to wife and bubba. Well done to you. Um, so, yes, what I think you were referring to before, Lily, is some of these things here that have been shared. Plus, there's that thing up Lando I saw. He took a screenshot of a background in X1's, one of X1's screenshots. That has to have been a deliberate setup, of course. Some code words on the wall and this, that, and the other thing. Here we've got a, looks like somebody squashed a caterpillar inside the folder. I don't know. That's the green. Yeah. So uh, if what... you do look at it, it looks yep. like, like palm trees and yeah. like plants with fronds, kind of ferny, kind of elephant ear plants kind of thing. Um, but you've got to you know, go to both photos. The other photos are a little bit clearer. Yeah, you got to squint your eyes, stick your tongue out to the left. This one there is yeah, that one. Yeah, so you can see at the bottom, it kind of looks like a mermaid. So if you go to where the mermaid's tail is, that's definitely a palm tree. Yeah. Um, and the one up near the the head, near the orange head, is definitely like a an elephant ear kind of frondy mm. tree. Yes, so. that would definitely be my guess. There's some, you know, protum totem or stemmy kind of thing. Who knows? I, I think it'd be something in that vein, but. Who knows? Uh, Goldie also said, oh, what if it means Tokyo expansion because that mountain in the background could be a volcano, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the Tokyo expansion will come as soon as Upland can get the data sorted out for it. I reckon that's, yeah, that, that'll that'll happen as soon as they're ready for it. I reckon that'll come straight out because what have we got left? There was not much left, 1,000 properties, something like that, not much. And they're, they're all Chumbawamba's big dollars. Or big upex to buy them, so I probably should have checked that number out. But yeah, there wasn't. I think fifty-five thousand or something was the unminted floor when I had a look a couple of days ago. So yes, um, it'll be interesting to see if they go the FSA route. Um, maybe a smaller city, but then it's Tokyo. So Tokyo and FSA don't don't really go hand in hand at all, do they? Unless they're going to release a completely different area altogether. 
So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that stuff. Now, um, before we mo move away from the Stock Car Pro stuff, there was some extra stuff that popped up as well. Now, if you're going on, go on over to Upex Land. Um, just got to give a shout out to UpexLand.me. has been just such a valuable tool for so long. They got the Tokyo data up and ready to use, so easy to use. They got it done lickety-split. So good on you, fellas, Chris and all the team over there. So, yeah, if you go over and search Stock Car Pro as the user, that, that is the official account. They have three properties. Um, this bottom one is the factory, I believe. The next one's the showroom, and the next one is the actual racetrack. Now, I kind of balked before at maybe we got stock cars coming out for sale soon. They've only got 25. They've only got 25 Spark, which is enough to fill their large factory. So that it's not going to be producing cars in an awful hurry. Now I, try, I did try to get all of these these up and loaded ready to go so we could have a look the the factory, the showroom and the racetrack, but my lappy just didn't want to know about it. So yeah, get on the get on over there and check it out yourself. Uh, Stock Car Pro is the user, and you can see there wasn't many cars being manufactured at once, and it was taking quite a while to manufacture them, and there hadn't been many that had been manufactured. So, yeah, there's still still a ways out before they're going to come live, I think, unless they're going to get infused with a um, – well, they can't have any more spark because that's full. So they would need a secondary factory, got to build the factory. So, yeah, that's all takes time. So I'll have to wait and see. But – what was interesting of me in all of that? Now, hopefully this works. Ah, here we go. This is the official um, Interlagos racetrack over there in Rio. Now, interesting that this is a different building structure for the speedways that we haven't seen yet before. The speedways that people are building now, I believe, is a red roof with two pit bays at the front. And was that... That was a... That was being marketed as a large speedway meta-venture. So I don't know, this must be just a jumble-wumble one, as I said before. Um, this may be a case where it's just a partner's only or official racetracks or something like that, the extra big one. Um, mid Terrace did apply for a speedway. Um, as I think I mentioned last week, I don't believe that properties the one property we've got there i don't believe it's going to be big enough for the the speedway miniature the first building that came available i think we're gonna to have to wait until the smaller one comes through so have to wait and see but yeah this looks really cool um pretty simple building but it's pretty straightforward as well so we'll have to wait and see how that all pans out and it is on the interlagos racetrack i believe because it's got pit lane and everything written there so i thought that was pretty cool all right. That is pretty cool. Yeah, just something different, different kind of building structure there. Yeah, can we get Bathurst? Yeah. Well, it's it's funny how um, there's so many of the international drivers that you hear on different interviews and this, that, and the other thing. They say, where do you want to – where would you like to race that you haven't raced? You know, nine out of ten of them will say Bathurst or if they ask on, get asked on the flip side, what's the, the best track you've ever raced at? A lot of them do say Bathurst, so. Yeah, well, most of the – I think there's more international drivers come over for Bathurst than yep. there are local drivers to fill the cars. So, yes. yeah, a lot of them do come over and enjoy coming over, come back year after year. Yeah? You've been there for a race? Um, no, but I have driven around it. 
you know, you can't go that way without driving around it. <laughs> yeah, I've um I've been to several. My my uh, grandparents live just like within 10, 15 minutes walking distance from the actual track. So I kind of grew up around there on school holidays and that the other thing. So I don't lost count of how many times I've walked around it. And I actually very nearly raced there too. Um, I happened to sell my my race car and headed off to uni- university. And what do you know, the very next year, well, my series, they were racing at Bathurst. So I was pretty spewing about that. Oh, they were in the pre-race lots. Yeah, well, yeah, in the in the um, support series, yeah. 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 So that would have been fun, but never mind. Shit happens, as they say. All right. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. As we said, you know, don't try not to go and blow all your UPX in Tokyo. What did you end up down to? You said last week, 50 UPEX or something. 800. Yeah. 800. Ouch. So, yeah. With all of these new things coming up, I don't know. Is that something that's going to interest you if the Stock Car Pro series was released in a week or two? Um, yeah, I think I could get into it. Um, I used to really like motor racing. Like when I was younger, I used to follow it. Yep. Uh, of course, then you have kids and work gets really busy and you just don't have time to follow anything anymore. But I used to be right into it. Yeah, I was the same, of course, when I raced. And then when I headed off to Japan, I kind of lost interest in all sorts of sports because you just lose contact with it, basically. So I've since got back home and got settled and started to get back into it. Um, yeah, have to wait and see. Something else yeah. I was going to mention about stock cars as well. I forget. Hmm. Maybe it'll come to me. It'll come to me at 3 a.m. I'll go, shit, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at what else is happening in the wider Web3 sector. Now, I just pulled up a couple of interesting articles. Articles. This first one is it's a doozy. So China, which we know is all over the metaverse with the the billions and billions that you know Beijing is putting into the metaverse, even just obscure cities that I'd never heard of. Some of the articles we cover I've covered there previously where they you know they're investing five billion in the metaverse and this sort of stuff. Well, now they're going to extend on their social credit scored system and tie that together with the metaverse to create permanent, unique IDs for everyone. So that's, I mean, this this has been hinted about, talked about, but here we are, it is happening. So China thinks that's it's real so world. scary. Well, it's, it all goes to like cashless society and like you would know being Australian, like we're rapidly moving towards that as well. Like I think... Um, what did I get? Commonwealth Bank recently put a thing through where you can only invest so much in crypto at one time and now and all this, that, the other thing. Um, you, you go into the bank and try and withdraw, you know, $1,000. It's you, you almost have to order your money ahead before you go in there. If you go and you try do. and drop off 1000 it's a hassle. Yeah. You have to order your money in advance. You have to give them like three days notice that yeah. you, you need so much cash to, to go and do that. Yeah, it's bizarre. And like, that's one of those things, like the, the tinfoil hatters will say, well, yeah, the, that means that anybody like the government can turn around and say, oh, you've been a naughty boy, you can't access your account, but it's already there. Like all of the net bankings, well, sorry, all of the banking is done online. I, if I get cash for anything, so I just give it to, I just give it to Maya to buy shopping with, because it's just a pain in the ass. I never go to the bank. So, 
No, you just carry your phone with you everywhere now. You don't even need a license. You just take your phone. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, people will point at that and say, oh, it's scary, scary, but it's just, I feel it's just an evolution of where things are going. Like, it wasn't that long ago. I remember when I was buying things online, might have been, when did I go? Might have been ninety, late nineties or something like that. Buying things online with credit card, and my mum freaking out like, "Oh, you're gonna get ripped off. You're gonna lose all your money." And now you just don't even think. Now you just tap and go. So, yeah, I'm just more worried um, about where it's happening. That, that's yeah, you know, in the headlines saying easily punishable. I can see that. Um, yeah for them to go straight for that as the, the kind of, you know, the headline. Yeah. Maybe this is just old mate's take on it, old mate Matthew Humphreys. So, yeah, every person will be uniquely identifiable and therefore easy to punish for bad behaviour. I think with the amount of with the amount of big brother surveillance that's going on, obviously here in Australia it's nowhere near what it's like over there with the amount of surveillance, but it is... I mean, it's pretty hard to go anywhere where you're not being monitored by cameras. I know even in my very quiet residential suburban street, if I was to walk up and down the street, either side of the street, I'd be tripping everybody's security cameras, including my own. So I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's very true. Um, and especially like how in the news, all our major shopping and that is now doing facial recognition. Yep. Um, so when you go to the store, you're on facial recognition. Um but that's that's happened here too. Like with our cameras, we you could track someone walking up and down the street very easily, and they do it. You know, there's those shows. Well, I don't know what that show is, Hunted or something now, where they release a certain amount of people and they try and run away and hide from everybody. This is like a TV show. <laughs> so yes, so China thinks it's real world social credit system where every person has a unique ID that's easy to track and share with law enforcement would work well for all online worlds and metaverses. It makes sense. A proposal of a digital identity system, sorry, for anyone using a virtual online world or metaverse has been drafted by state-owned telecom company China Mobile and reviewed by Politico. The proposal suggests creating a unique digital ID for every person that includes a range of identifiable identifiable signs, natural characteristics, social characteristics, and personal details. I mean, we're kind of already seeing the early formation of this in Upland with, you know, you've got your 3D avatar, you know, you've got your wearables. I don't think it's going to be that far down the road where you're going to have different stats and things. Um, whether I it's... have an issue yep. with it, though, for virtual worlds and things. People mm -hmm. go in there to become something that they're not game to put out in real life. That's a good So point. they go in there to hide their identity so mm. that they can be who they actually are. And it's not a dangerous personality. It's just something they're afraid to do in real life. Now, if you do this too much, people are going to live their whole lives hiding from the world. Mm. They'll have nowhere to go and be themselves. Yeah, that's a very good point. Like it's, you know, these kind of well, – it's almost marketed like that in some aspects. Like if you're an introvert, well, you can get on this, be whatever you want to be, be whoever you want to be. But, yeah, you're right. This would just completely and negate all that. People have used it for like therapy, like, you know, they act out um, in ways that they can't do in real life because they feel it will, you know, detriment their, their world if they do that. 
but it's not that they're bad people or they're doing anything bad. It's just that, you know, they feel uncomfortable being who they really are in real life. Mm. Um, and yes, it's becoming more acceptable to be who you are in real life, but that doesn't mean that applies to everybody. No, it's a good point. Like it's that whole um, Friday night, kick your heels off, um, go and let loose in one of these kind of worlds, you know, express yourself. As you said, how you, you you wouldn't potentially want your coworkers or your boss or somebody to know what you're doing. You know, it doesn't have to be nefarious or, you know, stupid, sexy stuff or anything like that. It's just, you know, it could be just about engaging in different social groups or whatnot. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. That's- yeah, add that to politics and it could get very, very, very messy quickly. So who knows? Yeah. So it goes on to say the ID would be stored permanently and shared with law enforcement to allow for swift action to be taken when bad behaviour occurs within these virtual wor- worlds. So <laughs> play up too much and knock, 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 or bang, crash down your door. Interesting how they're going to police that. Um, China, China Mobile includes an example in the proposal of how a user named Tom could be promptly identified and punished after he spreads rumours and makes chaos in the metaverse. Yeah, well, spread rumours. Who says, you know, some person's rumour is another person's truth? So, like, yeah. as I said, with China, that's where it gets a bit tricky, tricky. Lots of things that started as rumours turned out to be proven. <laughs> yes, lots and lots. Yep, absolutely. People that sounded like absolute crackpots not that long ago, well, now they're being proven absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good point as well. So, yes, and having the government to control that, um, yeah, that gets a bit scary. But would you want the government to control that or would you rather big companies like Facebook and or Meta and that sort of stuff? Is it? better the devil you know or i don't know i guess it's better the devil you know because those other people are selling it to other people yeah yeah well that's true and they're making money from that information whereas the government is just trying to keep you in line (laughs) and you know the, the classic steel man case is like look if you're not doing anything wrong then you got nothing to worry about you don't have to be doing anything wrong to want to hide things. Yeah. And as with anything governmental like this, you know, once the once they crack the seal with this, they just keep tweaking it to however they want it. So where you end up is probably not where you, what you signed up for. A classic case for me would be the um, the HEX help student debt loan. Like with the contracts I signed for that way back in the day, well, they've just re-indexed all the things. And, oh, guess what? This year you owe us five grand. Oh, awesome. Thank you. So, yeah, and plus they removed all those benefits from from the tax this year. So yes, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But yeah, um, what does it say here? Um, I was just yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I remember I got involved in a an Australian crypto. Well, at least the guys running it were Australian a crypto project. Two thousand eighteen. And then it was a nice, you know, I forget the name of it, but it was like um, a thing for voting where, you know, your ID was going to be secured on the blockchain for voting and that, this, that, and the other thing. I I believe it ended up fizzling and dying, but that was kind of some of the early stages of of that as well. I wish I could remember the name because it sounded like a really good project, especially because we've got the, what do we got to vote on the yes, no coming up? 
Um, yes. It'd be um, nice to have just Have you made your decision about that? You know what? It's such a tricky one. I, I thought I'd know had. the answer, but had you made yeah. your decision? Yeah. Well, it seemed like a no-brainer. I'd, it seemed like a no-brainer. I'd made my decision, but then the more you hear people, you know, Indigenous, First Nations people talking about it, you think, oh, I really don't know. So I think I'm going to, on the day, I'll probably go to, I would assume they're going to have people there from both camps and I'll just go and, for once in my life, I'll actually go and talk to them and, you know, see what they have to say and how that's going to, I'm not going to try and think too big picture. I'm just going to think um, locally. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I, I'm... I put it down to are you a person who's willing to compromise and take small steps and hopefully get where you want to go in the end or are you the person who stands your ground and says all of, or nothing? That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Um, I'm yes. okay with small steps because I think you get where you want to go faster. Eventually, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. I don't know. If you don't know what we're talking about, well, it's an Australian thing happening on and it is the Upland Down Under podcast, so up yours. <laughs> right. But next yeah, up. it's a very hard decision because it it will make a really big dent in the country, and it's been a long time coming. So, yeah, it's, it's so overdue. It's yeah. very overdue. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll have to wait and see on that one. This next one made me giggle. Um, our board ape yacht club invested board of its plunging value. Paris Hilton added us, and others sued. So. This is a funny one. So do you remember the days of NFTs being all over the internet, presented as the next big, big, blah, 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 next big thing in tech and finance, riding on the hype wave that cryptos generated at the time? NFTs made big promises for both the wealthy and not so wealthy, giving them direct ownership of non-fungible items, blah, 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 blah. As a result, digital artists went out all out with wacky creations for NFTs, and one such collection was the Board 8 Yacht Club. So created by Yuga Labs, the Board 8 Yacht Club consisted of a series of cartoon figures. Oh, man, look at this ads I'm getting now that I've talked about it. <laughs> wow. Generated by computer algorithms with each one of them holding a pretty high value. While the collection of these Board Apes wasn't as interesting, um, a lot of media hype was generated by the likes of Justin Bieber and Paris Hilton and others spending multi-millions to buy these things. Um, with promising market forecasts, the Board 8 Yacht Club collection found its desired number of investors. Yeah. Fast forward to 2023 and all those investors, that's a big call to say all of those investors, but anyway, have now sued Yuga Labs as well as its promoters for misleading them into buying something that's losing its value. Come on, wake up to yourself. That's silly. It's- I never got it myself. I'm never going to get it. Um, but you can't blame someone else for what no, you spend your money on. Absolutely. That's if you were somebody who FOMO'd into this thinking you were off to the moon and it was never going to go down, like, you know, welcome to crypto. That's just crazy. Uh, yeah, that's just mental. So, I'm sh- yeah, so I'm sure everybody knows what the Board 8 Yacht Club is. So, what are they actually? So, what have we got here? Um, out of the 10,000 NFTs, 100 were auctioned by Sotheby's to a single buyer in April 2021 at a price of over $24 million. Wow. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, there was multiple sales in multiple millions. So why did the Board 8 Yacht Club investors go to court? Once the sale was made, the Board 8 Yacht Club started losing its value in price over time. With no improvement visible, investors sued Sotheby's and other and the other 29 firms associated with the promotion of the NFT for misleading, misleading buyers. Um 
it would be very interesting to see what Sotheby's actually said in their marketing material for that. Maybe, who knows? Maybe they were dumb and, you know, lawyers like to lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, well, it only takes a a word here or there that the lawyers will be all over it, so. Yeah, if any kind of promise was made, then okay. Um, But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you chose to buy it, so. Yes. So what does it say? The action, the auction house misleadingly ramped up the hype and interest in the collection. Well, duh, it's an auction house. That's their job. If they sell a chair, they're still going to hype the chair. That's their job. Yep. Far out. In reality, the value of these NFTs was much lower than what was advertised at the time. Well, says who? Somebody was willing to pay that. Um, it is also said that sale of the 100 NFTs to a single buyer for $24 million was a deceptive tactic undertaken to drive up prices. Ah, so that's kind of – they're insinuating there that they've almost created a false flaw, which – But did that have anything to do with it? I mean, you'd have to prove that. Yeah, which would be very hard to do unless, like I said, yes. they've messed up in their – um their wording of their their official documentation that they put out. And the plaintiffs also added that the traditional collector tag had misled the audience into assuming that the market for the Board 8 Yacht Club NFTs had crossed over to a mainstream audience. Well, that's just mental. There's no way NFTs are even close to mainstream adoption. It's going to be another decade before that happens at least. Yeah, and, and as I keep... As I keep banging on about, I think mainstream is going to come, the mainstream adoption and use of NFTs is going to come kind of like Upland where people are doing it and they don't even know it's an NFT. It's going to be boring, bloody bureaucracy stuff like your driver's license. And pardon me, um, you know, go to Coles and you buy a thing and you get your you get your NFT that says you've got a discount on the next purchase. And yeah, it's these kind of um, pumpy, dumpy hype machine things, I don't think that's where mainstream is going to come because, you know, look how long crypto has been around and that's still very much based on hype cycles. So I don't know. And a lot of people don't even know what it is. So, you know, same as NFTs, probably half these people who bought them didn't even really understand what they were. Yes. It was just the in thing to buy and so they bought one. Your own research, as they say, yeah. So in response to the lawsuit, Yuga Labs has referred to these allegations as being, in quotes, without merit, they said in a statement, um, in quotes, as a media and technology company, Yuga Labs has empowered strong communities of enthusiasts and entrepreneurs to innovate, connect and build. Their creativity has fostered community-driven projects that have captured the imagination of people around the world. That's the story worth telling, end quote. Meanwhile, Sotheby's has also called out these allegations as being baseless and is ready to fight them in court while the lawyers rub their hands together with glee. Yep, they're getting paid. No matter what happens. So, yes. Has this affected the price of Board 8 Yacht Club? The Board 8 Yacht Club NFTs continue to observe a drop in their value on NFT platforms like OpenSea and CoinGecko. A single colourful illustration of an ape from the Board 8 Yacht Club collection can now be bought at a price as as low as 24 Point five Ethereum, which roughly translate to US forty grand, as low as yeah, that's now. low. That's real low. <laughs> I mean, we're at the we're in the bear market. I touched on this at the start of the show. The cryptos crypto smashed and could very easily take another big dive down. So, I mean, it's kind of funny to me. 
have to wait and see. All right. Just goes back to nothing that you see and do around the place should be considered as financial advice. Um, do your own research, all of that sort of stuff. Um, what's this? This isn't this isn't the ad that I had. Cogman Sachs. I don't know what that is. Let me check my notes. Um, dubs. No, that must have just been some pop-up. All right, let me jump out of there. We'll close that one. Now, I am not a gamer by any stretch of the imagination. However, this one, well, that was supposed to be a Dubs article, but this one did pop up to me. Now, Dubs is apparently some kind of new Web3 play-to-earn sort of thing. Um, that I'm not going to try and pull that link up again. That is closed. Um, link up in the description. But anyhow, this is the one that I was going to get to anyway because this is the actual platform. So this is Dubs, D-U-B-B-Z.com. Um, challenge, compete, profit. Take your game to the next level. Monetize your skills and creations in the realm of competitive play. So in the background, we've got some just kind of neon metaverse old school arcade, it looks like. Um, this is a bet on yourself cool. kind of thing. Well, I wasn't sure. And I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be some other new bloody game coming out. But it's got here. Find a match. Use our matchmaking system. Play a tournament or challenge a friend. Play together. Play your favorite game against your opponent. Play your favorite game against your opponent. Win crypto. Entry fees powered by crypto. Fuel a prize pool. Win games to win crypto. Okay, so play your favorite game. Well, what does that actually mean? Well, you scroll down and it's got a list of a whole bunch of games here. That's Fortnite, isn't it? I don't know. Do they have Pac-Man, Frogger, and Galaga? <laughs> I don't know. FIFA 23, see, like this NBA 2K. Yeah, I think these are like established. That's Call of Duty. Call of Duty Warzone, Rocket League. I think these are mainstream games, and somehow they're combining it. Street Fighter Five, um, League of Legends, Hearthstone, yeah, Fortnite. These are massive games. So there is somehow it would appear that there's some way to connect through this app, and you're going to wager within the outcome of yourself in that game. It's very interesting. I see Space Invaders. You do. Your flappy Chicken. There you go. Look. Space Alien Invaders, yeah. So, as I said, I'm not a gamer, but this is actually one that I'm going to check out on the back end. Develop, monetize, engage. Unlock next-level monetization for your skill-based games through competitive play. Leverage our developer tools to amplify your earnings. So, well, this is interesting. No wallet required. Dubs attracts away the blockchain layer. Users can play Web3 games without complex wallet startup. That's good. Pay with Fiat. We will wager on your behalf on the Polygon network. Web2 games can unlock the power of Web3, blah, blah, blah. Dub runs on USDC. No volatility, which is a stablecoin. No volatility or complicated token barriers to entry. Interesting. So, yeah, it yeah. seems like this it's is running a fairly, on Polygon. Yeah. Seems like it's a fairly new thing. So, yeah, this is one I'm going to definitely check out. So, if you're an old school gamer or a new school gamer, it looks like there might be something there for everybody. You, you have basic, basic tile games. I mean, if it's all this shooty stuff, I'm out. Yeah, I'm with you. Absolutely. But you wouldn't think they'd be able to use any of this imagery if they didn't have some sort of, you know, right to do so. 
otherwise speaking of getting sued. So. Yeah, no, they'd have to have, you know, the rights to do so. Yeah, you would assume. So I don't know. Check that one out if it interests you. All right, where are we up to? That's all I wanted to cover there. Um, dubs, yes. All right, so now last week we did uh, what's making what's making in real life news, which I like to call doses of reality from the meat suitiverse. We've got the metaverse. Well, what's reality? That's the meat suitiverse. So let's just do a quick dive in. This is about the only news coverage I actually watch. I don't watch the news anymore. So what do we got happening in Australia? Teens charged over Sydney Inferno. Well, that's down towards your way. Oh, that was horrific. That was. Oh, was that the one that was a while ago? Yeah, it was a couple of months ago in Surrey oh, yeah, yeah. Hills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's no good. Uh, what else have we got? Landlord boomers guilt over housing crisis. Aussie boomers have revealed how they really feel about millennials struggling to buy a home with one landlord making a surprise admission. Yeah, you should feel guilty. Lucky we got in the housing market when we did. If we had been another, I reckon, another three months and we would have been absolutely screwed. So, I live in a shack, so. Live in a shack, yes. I do. But that's, I call that's it your, a shack. Is that your shack? Yes, it's my shack. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'd hate to be trying to pay rent around my area. Like I said, we're, I live in a kind of quiet residentially area that's nowhere near the the glitz and the glamour and the madness of the Gold Coast, but it's the rent around is astronomical. I can only begin to imagine what it's like down your way. Yeah, it's probably on par with what you've got for, like, nice high-rise there. I don't know about high-rise, but a typical, you know, a standard three-bedroom house, I think's pushing seven fifty a week, something like that. Oh, yeah, you could get a really low-rent, you know, three-bedroom house for seven fifty a week around here. Yeah. Wouldn't be a nice house. No, by no stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Man drag from Car Inferno on a major road and why low budget love story rivals Oppenheimer as his best. Oh, boo. I don't want to know about it. All right, moving on. What's happening in Kiwi land? Ski field operator convicted over a bus crash that killed 11 year old girl. Ooh, that's no fun. Swimming in Auckland. Almost all the rivers have enough E. Kyle. E. coli to make you sick. If you, if you had nine mates head for a swim in one of Auckland's rivers, it's likely at least one of you will get sick. No. Auckland, almost all rivers. I always had the image impression of New Zealand being clean and pristine, but I suppose Auckland is Me a big too. city. I suppose any river in a big city is going to be gross, isn't it? Well, not if you're taking care of it. No. Auckland school in lockdown after sudden death of an adult. Oh, that's no good. Todd Muller, the man who could have been Prime Minister, bows out, and he was a staunch man. Tributes pour in for Dan Mihaka. Oh, that's not very good news. What's that? What Mitsudiverse news is always bad. Yeah. All right. Maybe Japan can turn around like they did last week. What's happening in Japan? Nope. More doom and gloom. Japan begins final preparations for Fukushima water release. Water release finds oh. little support in Fukushima. Japanese restaurant owners in Hong Kong brace for Fukushima seafood ban. That one's tricky. Yeah, why are they doing this? I think it's a case of they have to. There's that much. There's that much stored water over there, and it's you know that's 
I was actually, we moved back to Japan just before that massive earthquake. Like our, the business that we were opening, it, the earthquake kicked in like just before we opened for business. Um, I described what that was like. Uh, we were nowhere near the epicenter, but it just felt like, um, it felt like somebody picked up our house and just pushed it to the side three, four times. It, it was huge even where we were. Um, the uh, I think have you watched the Netflix series all about it? That was incredible. That series I was amazed that they actually did it. Did you see that? No, I I didn't. Um, I tend to avoid things that are really really depressing that are going to depress me. Um, yeah, I like my my TV entertainment factor. Yes. Oh, and I just see. Sorry, Zoe. I didn't realize you were in chat, mate. Welcome aboard. So, yeah, it, it, it was depressing, but um, it kind of really got to the crux of what it was. There was no um, no holds barred, but um, I had a lot of friends in the area. I had a whole bunch of expat friends who, as soon as it happened, they bailed. They went back to uh, the UK, America, all over the place. Um, I did have some American friends, um, funnily enough, was ex-military guys who they pretty much packed up their van full of supplies and just started doing runs up and back. You know, they were almost killing themselves helping out. And it was, funnily enough, it was a lot of Yakuza was organising the, the logistics of it all. Um, a lot of people don't know that the Yakuza have a very long history of, um, they're, they're involved in a lot of construction projects with a lot of dodgy stuff and this, that, and the other thing, of course, but they also do a lot of good in the community. And um, believe it or not, they do have a fairly good reputation around certain parts, especially in times of crisis like that. So, yeah. Oh, not everybody's all bad. No, that's right. And I actually, I lived a couple of doors down. One apartment I lived in was a like a Yakuza compound with um, stainless steel gates and security cameras. And the local shop, I used to see the big, um, the big. It must have been an ex sumo wrestler, big massive henchman guy. He'd be in there with the the mistresses, walking her little chihuahuas in pink tutus and stuff. It was hilarious. It was like straight out of a movie. <laughs> I used to say hello to him all the time. Yeah. So yeah, like Aussie bikies. Zoe said in chat. So, yeah, it's one of the scariest things for me at the time living there while it was all happening is, first of all, you didn't know what was going to happen as far as the spread of stuff. But one of the greasy, greasiest things was, especially when, like, they're talking about seafood stocks and this, that, and the other thing. If you if you get in your boat and you go up to Fukushima and you catch a whole bunch of fish there and you come back to Tokyo and you land those fish at Tokyo Market, now, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe those are classified as Tokyo fish. These fish come from Tokyo. So that's where it gets a bit um, tricky. Um, oh, can't you monitor that? Are they like any kind of radioactive signal coming from those fish or anything? Uh, the, you, your regular man on the street is not going to do that, and you're just going to go along with whatever the government says. Um I've talked ad nauseum how Japan's a fantastic place to visit on a holiday. Um, you live there and deal with the bureaucracy and the bullshit that their government spins, and that's a completely different ballgame. So, yeah, that, they tell you one thing out the side of their mouth, and they mean a whole different other thing. And that that um, documentary, well, that it's not a documentary. It is a, um, a drama series. It's a prime example of that. Like, nobody wants to take responsibility for anything because it's a very, the management's all like senior hierarchical, you know, nobody takes responsibility for everything. Everybody passes the buck. So it's, it's surprised. It's surprising that the country runs so well because the, the amount of shady shit that goes on. 
is kind of funny. But yes, doesn't I? Th I think they're just in a case where they have to do something because they're just literally flooded with radioactive water. You can only store it on land for so long, and then all of the places and ways that they're storing it—that's all leaking into the ocean anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not good. All right, I'll stop gas bagging on about that. Uh, meat service done now. A couple of quips this week. I. Thank you to everybody who had um, put down or sorry, put through a quip submission. I'll just show that. So we do have a new quips form. If you weren't aware, quip stands for questions. Um, what is it? I don't remember now. Questions, inspirations, provocations, insights, provocations, or statements that we could dive into. All you have to do is click the link in the description. Come on over here and clickety-clack, clickety-clack, press enter. And that's it. And if yours gets used... You get yourself some kind of prize um, for the moment, for the time being. It's just 5,000 UPX, and we got two this week. So first one is from Cernes4, who asks, with the Women's World Cup soccer over, what can Upland do to help FIFA legits retain value until the Men's World Cup in 2026? Interesting question. Now, I talked about this before, how... I raise my concerns about how the um, Stock Car Pro Series, is that going to be a one-side partnership again where Upland sells all this stuff and we have racing and this, that, and the other thing, but there's nothing being done on the promotional side? I don't know. Um, that definitely has played out on the FIFA side of things. Um, do you know, has there been ever any change in the ladies' meta soccer? I believe the last I heard it was tied up in needing to be approved by FIFA official before that could be released. Yeah, last I heard from Blue, that was that was the word. Um, it It's just tied up in paperwork at the moment. That seems like a nightmare. Like all of the work they put in, all of the stuff. I know Shackle worked like a beast to get all of the um, – partnerships with all the various neighborhood nodes and get them all get all the properties built in there and get the purple tags and get it all assigned you're ready to go let's go oh hang on a minute we've got to do paperwork now that's got to be immensely frustrating yeah so hopefully that comes to fruition if it doesn't that doesn't spell good things um going back to the original question what can upland do well i think Upland could do a lot. Um, there has been, wasn't there, there was some kind of kerfuffle too where some of these collections as part of the the competitions that were going, the collections couldn't be filled because certain packs hadn't been released or certain cards weren't available. Yes, yeah, so it's the passes. So you, you buy those passes yep. and then, of course, you get it at the end. Um, but if they were released while the competition was still going, people would be able to trade them to, to complete collections. So there's all those past collections that can't be filled. Yeah, it's, it's it just always seems that so many of these things are always reactionary. Like, you know, it's fair enough to put, you know, MVPs, minimal viable products out there, but then you're constantly chasing your tail. So... Yeah, no. yeah, I mean, See, you understand that with the spotlights, you know, the spotlights can't come until, you know, they're released and yes. that's got nothing to do with Upland. They can't do anything about that. But for the passes, you know, where you're going to get other stuff, um, 
it's a little bit scratch your head, isn't it? It is, yeah. So what are they thinking? Yeah, I mean, even just having ladies' meta soccer, having that out and available, that's you know, that's a whole thing where you wager your legit as part of that. Having that up and running and available, that would help keep things kicking along. Um, it just seems bizarre that yeah, that's that the roadblock has come after everything else is established, ready to go. Like it's when when because um, they won, they won the Genesis Week thing, wasn't it? That was the winning submission. Yes, and they were ready to go the day after it. Yeah, it started. So. The competition started. If you counted US time, then they were they thought they were ready on the day, but it actually started the day before in our time. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so clearly, a lot of conversations would have been had with Upland directly leading up to that, and immediately after. Yeah, to think that they've waited to this later stage, then do everything they need to do to actually release it. Yeah, that's that's not cool. No, but I mean, where is the hold up? I I doubt that it's directly with Upland. Um, no, it wouldn't be. It'd be probably on old mate FIFA's desk gathering dust. Yeah, not important to them. Yeah, because again, it's it seems very much a one sided partnership. So yeah, I don't know. So hopefully they get that sorted out. Um, as far as other ways to keep things moving along with legits, um. I still would like to see some kind of Apex boost for filling those collections, you know. I think there needs to be there needs to be some core some kind of dividendish Apex kickback for building a property, for having, you know, having the legit collections and this, that, and the other thing. I can't I personally I don't like that they just palm so much of the stuff off to layer two or oh, layer two, layer two, layer two. So yeah, let's get some more layer one action. So if, if ladies meta soccer can't be released for whatever, for whatever reason with the FIFA stuff, well, is there a way that they can rejig it? So it can be, you know, it doesn't have to be affiliated with FIFA. Surely, surely it can be, I don't know, but then they are FIFA legits that are being wagered. So mm. I don't know. Tricky, tricky, tricky. I don't know. Any ideas? How can we keep FIFA Legits alive? No idea. I bought them because I wanted them. So <laughs> they're not going anywhere. They're staying in my account. Yeah, I um when I set uh, my MetaVenture up, I did it last night actually. I was going through like um some of the just random ones, um, like uh, I don't know, just pulling out a mask, Ghana boots or something. I was like, oh yeah, I'll sell that for a dollar. Aussie boots. Oh yeah, I wouldn't want to let those go for at least five dollars. So, and I actually had three sales come before, and I was like, hang on, wait a minute, did I sell those too cheaply? So, I don't believe it was Aussie stuff, but yeah. Have yeah, no, I, 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 my Aussie stuff is my pride. I'm not getting rid of that. Um, and I do have some doubles of the men's and a couple of doubles of the women's, but um, I did go to list them. Um, but certain men adventure I went to list them with had offers turned off, and so I kind oh, of no. put my list aside and haven't got back to it yet. But there was only like a dozen on there that I could I could list because I need one of everything. It's just me. I need one of everything. You're a collector, hardcore collector. Yeah, I don't go for the expensive ones. I just all the low rent ones. Yep. Um, they're the ones that I collect because I can afford those and I can afford to keep them, whereas I don't go into the, the big money ones. Are you still based in Oakland? Is that your home base? 
No, it's always been San Fran, but I hang out in Oakland more than anywhere else until, you know, all the treasure hunting changed. I still ah, love that's what it was. Oakland, you'd, though. you'd zap over for the spark hunts, wasn't it? I'd hunt there every day, yeah. um, but I, I don't anymore um, okay. because obviously it's turned off there uh, most of the time. But, yeah. Oh, well, if you've got some more legits to list, Midtown, what do I call it? Midtown Legits in Midtown Terrace is available for your listings. At the moment, I'm hunting in Bakersfield, and I just found an FSA a couple of hours ago oh. that's for sale. So I put that in the new players chat. So hopefully somebody will go nab that. That's actually a good segue to our next quips. Um, so that was from Cerness. Um, Just to finish up on that, I would say, what can Upland do to help FIFA Legits retain value? Well, it goes back to that F word, functionality. Layer one functionality, if possible. Layer two is great and all, but let's get some layer one functionality in there as well. So next one, Angry Ursiar states, Upland has released over 200 FSA properties in Chicago recently. For months, Chicago rarely had more than five to 10 FSA unlocked at a time. Um, and then Angry asks, is this happening in other cities? Is Upland trying to improve the FSA market? According to Angry, some of these properties in the FSA price range have not been tagged FSA and are available to all for minting. So was, you just said you spotted an FSA one. Yeah, I was doing a hunt and it's right next to one of my properties. Yes. Um, so I, I couldn't miss it. It lit up bright green when I, I landed. Mm. And um, I went, oh, and I clicked on that instead of my hunt because, you know, it's Bakersfield. There's no rush. There's nobody else hunting. Yes. <laughs> clicked on that and saw what it was, screenshotted that, posted that, and then continued on to pick up the, the treasure. Good on you. So, yes, apparently there's plenty of them being released, released too that, you know, by going by the mint price, they should be FSA, but they're not. So um, according to Angry, says um, – which as of writing include 247 of these in Chicago, 133 in Rio, 99 in Bakersfield, there you go, 99 in Cleveland, 63 in NOLA, 19 in Porto, 3 in Nashville, and 1 in the Bronx. Interesting. So it seems like they are chugging these um, locked properties. What do they call them? Phantom properties or something? They use some Fandango word for them. Ghost properties. Well, they're, most of them are when visitors don't renew. Yeah, and they get recycled they get, through. They get recycled back on the market. Now you you got to be careful with these. I um got myself screwed up here in San Francisco in my whole buy for UPX and flip for USD. Um, some of these properties that go through that cycle, they you know they they max out and they go back to FSA. The FSA owner buys them and then sells them for UPX. I've bought some of those not kind of paying close enough attention. They've just been listed at the floor. I've bought it and then normally I need to wait three days to sell for USD. I've waited the three days and then it's like you have to hold this for five months. Yeah, so what's happened is the FSA hasn't unlocked off of it. Yeah. So I've got quite a few FSA that I bought when I first started that still mm. say FSA and yeah, it's more than 12 months, so I can sell them now. But they, some of them I bought secondhand, and I know that I bought them secondhand, and they still say FSA. Mm. And 
the 12 months on that, I still had to wait that. I mean, I don't sell anything, so it's not an issue for me. Yeah. But, you know, I do know there was a lot of them that never unlocked when I bought them. Yeah, it's definitely a trap because, like I said, if, if you're somebody like myself that's buying it specifically f- for the purpose of flipping it for USD, it kind of screws you up. I ended up selling them at a loss for UPX just to get them out of my hands. It's like hot potato. Yeah, you could have posted the addresses in, um, you know, tech bugs and you mm-hmm. could have got them released. But if you're in a hurry, what's the point? Got to pay them bills. Yes. So, yeah, so thank you for that, Angry. So if you are, especially if you've got a, I would imagine if you've got a node project in one of those areas and if these are popping up willy-nilly every now and then, it'd be something to keep your eye out on for sure. Get yourself some cheap property. Thank well, you. Just over a year ago, they did that. They released FSA everywhere. Yep. And that's when my hubby joined in. Um, nice. And so he bought FSA in Staten Island, uh basically everywhere pretty much fresno uh the only place he didn't get he didn't get any san francisco there was no san francisco unlocked he got oakland um he got uh brooklyn um he, he got everywhere chicago everything he got he just flew around and got bits and pieces of fsa everywhere mm. cleaned up yep and I see in chat, Joe, he said it would be good if Upland Bureau bought the jailed players' properties to keep them active in the game. Hmm. That's interesting. Or the people that um, nuked their account. It would be nice if they didn't get nuked and screw up the floors. Yeah, that's a good point. But then there's so many people that get jailed without an explanation, so I guess that could get pretty greasy too. You'd, there'd have to be some kind of holding period, of course, I would imagine. And one well, year. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's Just to make enough. sure. That's a fair enough time period for sure. All right. Thank you, Sir Ness and Angriosia, for that. You've both got yourselves 5,000 Upex each. I'll send that through probably late tonight or tomorrow morning. All right. Speaking of giveaways, um, last week we had a challenge in the show was to get yourself on over to the NBA server and tell us how you went in the Tokyo City release. The prize is going to be 5,000 Upex clear after fees. No need to run a wheel this week because there was only one entry. Congratulations, Kevin Lota, on probably the easiest 5,000 Upex you've ever earned yourself. According to Kevin, his Tokyo release experience lasted all of 1.5 minutes as he was sitting in a work meeting during the Open and was able to spend his 467k budget on four properties before he had to hide his phone and give the appearance of caring what was going on in the meeting. Good on you, mate, and thank you for putting the effort in to put an entry in. 5,000 Upex on the way for you. This week's challenge in the contest channel in the NBA server again, let us know what you think about the upcoming stock cars release. What do you think the base prices on the first batch will be? Um, As I said, there doesn't appear to be many of them being manufactured very quickly, I would expect this is going to be a limited first release and prices will be knock your socks off. Probably a mil plus, if I had to guess. What do you think? Astronomical, says Zoe. Out of my reach. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and I have actually had a chat with um, somebody posted something on Twitter and I mentioned, yeah, well, the price, I think it was Green Turtle. Green Turtle said 
the price. And they're like, well, the price is only one aspect. It's if it's going to be this whole, you got to register for it and you got to go in the lottery and all of that sort of stuff. That's still, that's still a multi-accounters paradise, that thing. So even if you do have the budget sitting there burning a hole in your pocket, I think because of the limited nature of it, um, it's going to be probably all secondary. I'll have to wait and see. Might get lucky. Who knows? No one thing's for sure. I won't be FOMOing into it. I would love to get one of them because they do look amazing. But there's always something else to spend your apex on. Protem, totem, stems, who knows? Who knows what's under the way, on the way? But yeah, I think Zoe's right. Astronomical would be my guess. So, yes. What, what do you think? Um, let us know in the NBA server in the contest channel. Again, 5,000 apex, clear after fees for the prize. Now, I need the two of you in chat. This is going to be a pretty sad old wheel, this one, but I will thank you both for jumping in rather than me just ramble-dambling on to myself. Let's see. This is going to be another 5,000 Apex. Lily, Zoe, Lily, Zoe, Lily, Zoe, Lily, Zoe. Who's going to get it? Zoe. Congrats. Zoe's out. 5,000 Apex on the way for you, too. You missed Thank half. You, you got to the most important half. <laughs> you got your name on the wheel for it. So, yes, that's all I had to touch on today. Is there anything you ladies would like to discuss, bring up? All good. Who, who feels that the ladies' soccer got a little bit screwed? Oh, I don't think they got a little bit screwed. I think they got very royally screwed, as I said, um, especially the amount of work that, um, that was put in, even just going back to the presentation. Like I know Shaq was sick to her stomach, like nervous leading up to that, and then she just nailed it on the day, clearly, because she kicked it out of the park and won it to go through all of that work. Um, Sunny minded, you know, all the development that went on for the game. It is a very simplified game, but still there's a lot of work in doing anything like that. Yeah. A um, little bit screwed. Yeah. I think very much screwed, but is that Upland's fault? I, I would, if I had to guess, I would assume that probably Upland wasn't aware that this was an extra step that was going to be required. That would be my guess. Yeah, I'd say some lawyer somewhere ran their eyes over it. Yeah. Um, and said, oh, hang on. Yes. Which I kind of find funny because from my understanding, um, there are IP issues with other Layer 2 um, projects from Upland. So, like, the legalities of, of using IP and images and different things so yeah the fact that upland didn't realize that this was going to be a step that they needed to go through is kind of short-sighted for an organization of their size it's a fair point if if i had to guess again i would say it's probably the g word the gambling that's Got the lawyer's eyebrows raised. Oh, yes. Uh, and that really affects us too. Um, yeah. Because international treaties do have a big issue there, yes. especially with anything Australians have access to. 
yeah, I would imagine that's that's the roadblock. I, if you remember last year's Genesis Week, there was, I think, two of the projects that were – there was at least one. It might have been two of the projects that uh, presented was all gambling, and you could just tell the vibe, in, even like watching it from afar, you could tell the vibe in the room that the, the gambling aspect that Upland was just like <laughs> – they didn't want to know about gambling. So, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's the difference between, you know, a lucky dip and a gamble. You have to figure out, is it more the lucky dip side or is it actual gambling? Yeah, maybe it goes back to what we are talking about with the board at your club. It's how it's always going to come down to how you word these things, isn't it? So, yeah. Don't know. But yes. That was the only thing. I, I feel really sorry for them all. Um, yeah. I can't say that enough. <laughs> and I mean, it's not even a game that I think I would play, um, but I just feel really sorry for them. Yeah. Well, like I said, hopefully, if if it doesn't come to fruition, hopefully they're given the opportunity to rejig it in a way that they can they can get it out there because yeah, shit loads of work. Yeah. How about you, Zoe? Anything on your radar? Um, no, not not really. <laughs> Chilling like a villain. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my favourite things. That one. <laughs> nice, especially when you got kids. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then I think that'll do us for this week. Um, a reminder that if you are in a time zone that fits in with the Wednesday night recording schedule of starting at 7.30 p.m. AEST and you'd like to get involved, the link to the weekly Zoom will always be dropped in the NBA server about 15, min- 15 minutes prior to the show starting. If you don't know what 7.30 p.m. A- AEST is, Get yourself on over to dateful.com or just search dateful time zone converter and you can check that out and see if it works for you. That's all I've got. Thank you very much, ladies, for jumping in and we'll catch you later. This entertainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor MetaVenture. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.